You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out, and these are things that most people just aren't sharing. Welcome back, everybody. So in this episode, um, we're going to hear about Ahmed's uh, hobbies, extracurricular activities. So um, how much time would you say do you spend on that a week? And what might that look like for a CEO? My goals around hobbies and, and just downtime are basically to catch up to you. So I want to do like half as much as you do in general, like half as many miles on my mountain bike, half as many uh, ski sessions, just half. If I can be half the man you are with regards to uh, downtime. <laughs> I think, I don't know. First of all, I don't know what that means. And second of all, I feel like you, you think I have a lot more downtime than I actually have. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because uh, this idea of taking Fridays off came out of a mastermind that both you and I are in. And I got really excited about it because Joel Irway, friend of ours, yep. takes Fridays off. And we started masterminding together with him. And uh, I got really excited. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. This is last year. I was like, 2020, I'm taking Fridays off. That lasted about a quarter. And then uh, I went back to work on Fridays. <laughs> There's reasons for that. I think you've been better about it, uh, at least taking half a Friday off. Um, but I, I will tell you, this has been a real learning experience for me. Coming from, uh, you know, like we talked about before, a place where to build the business to the point where we have it today, for most of us, it was a product of hard work, dedication, commitment, sacrifice. Like I remember getting to a million was basically, you know, I was doing everything. I was selling, I was delivering, I was doing marketing. I had some freelance contractors and stuff like that, but it was all on me. And I was working nine to seven every day, five days a week, and I was burning the heck out. And so that's what got me to where I am. And so one, having the space to, to, to do other things and not having the pressure to perform on the daily to drive revenue and to fulfill our promises has been kind of unsettling. <laughs> mm. it's, it's, it's kind of uncomfortable. Um, and then to then fill that time with things that are like overtly not work, like hobbies, exercise, mountain biking. For me, it's, it's mountain biking in the summer, nowhere near the extent that you do it, but I do love mountain biking as an amateur. It's skiing in the winter. It's working out. It's hockey. Uh, it's hanging out with my kids. It's, it's those things. So to, to fill that time where I otherwise would have been productively engaged with work with other things, um, that are not, you know, pretty clearly not work, uh, has been a real struggle. Uh, it's a bunch of reasons for that. One of them is probably guilt. Oh yeah. Well, real quick, cause I don't know if we covered this in a previous episode, how many children and what ages? Uh, I got three girls, 10, six, and almost four. 10, six, almost four. And I have a boy who's almost five and a daughter who is, I don't do the months thing. So more than one and a half, but not two. <laughs> well, that's, that's very bad of you because under two years of age, you have to count in months. I, I refused. <laughs> I, I think that's the dumbest thing in the world and I've never bought into it. So just... Almost, almost two for anyone that actually cares. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, to the she's, point being, she's you and I are both like we're 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 right there in those the the young developmental years of our kids um, that are obviously for those who are in this position know uh, time consuming, right? Like it was a time investment. It's very different from when if I look at some of you know my older friends who have kids that are in, even in high school or beyond, right? They don't need you all the time. They don't need yeah. you know your attention all the time, right? You it's a very different life stage. Um, than the one yeah, my neighbor, my neighbor, him and his wife had um, their kids like super early, basically unplanned. But like, I mean, he's two or three years older than me and his son is in college and his daughter is a senior in high school. And so like he has like I pull I'm pulling down the alleyway to park in our garage and his garage doors open. He's like a big woodworker and he's like building furniture that should be sold at like West Elm. And I'm like juggling two kids. And I'm like, man, this is like, I'm sure it was hell. I'm sure it was hell when you were like 21 and had two children, but, uh, it's paying off right now. <laughs> well, and the, the thing uh, that is interesting about our decision here, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I'm very grateful is that we, we chose to build our businesses when we had young families, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is an interesting decision in retrospect. I didn't quite see how it was going to play out, but your business is in, in its infancy while your kids are infants makes for a pretty interesting experience. Yeah. And then I, I did this Facebook post or maybe it was a tweet at some point that kind of got some comments behind it and it was like you know the number of videos that i've consumed on like seven figure ceo habits morning routines of the wealthy it's like not a single effing person mentioned a kid i'm like yeah what the hell <laughs> like and that's because most of them don't have kids and or you know whatever other situation they're in where their kid is not very at least un uh, well enough involved in their routine to be mentioned yeah, no, but it's, I saw that post of yours. It is interesting because I think you have a lot of, and I don't know about data, right? But just anecdotally, you have a lot of young founders uh, who haven't started a family yet for whom it's a very different, very different ballgame, right? And then you have a lot of older yeah. founders for whom the kids are, you know, if they had, not everyone has kids, obviously, but if they had kids, they're older and, and, uh, and you know, different life stage altogether. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think there's probably not a lot of, I think there, there may be a lot of people, but there doesn't seem a lot of guidance or conversation around what do you do when your business and your family are both in their infancy? What does that look like? Yeah. How does that fander cope deal manage? Yeah. That's why we're and, here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> what this sort of what this episode's about, I guess. Um, back to the Friday off thing. So I want to touch on that, but then I want to circle back to where we were just at. Um, so, uh, you know, you've always, at least since I've known you, you're like revenue wise, team wise, you've been ahead of me. Um, and like, so when I crossed the million a year mark, uh, that was 2020 and like that was COVID year. Um, and I was fundamentally forced into taking Fridays off because, um, our daycare closed down. And so my wife is a doctor, so she is at the hospital a lot. Her schedule is probably more demanding than mine. I'm the one that has the flexibility. Um, so like I take the kids to daycare and um, most days I pick them up and she has Wednesdays off. And so 
when daycare was closed, and this was probably uh, ours because it's private, I think it was probably five months, maybe six. I don't think it was as, it, it wasn't longer than six. Um, they opened up well before other schools did, like regular public schools. And so Sarah would basically like, her parents who are both retired would watch the kids Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and she would watch the kids Wednesdays on her day off. And then I'd take Fridays off and be with the kids. And so like, I couldn't really get anything done, you know, sub one, like my daughter was born, actually, we had Marin who's, uh, was born in 2020. <laughs> so, um, you know, like we had like a newborn, you know, and a under four year old, so it was like, it was impossible. Like I took a couple calls here and there, but like very unproductive. So I just kind of committed to, okay, like the team has to operate without me on Fridays. And so that kind of shifted how we did work and also how we prioritize things. And then when daycare started back up for the first, I think it was for the first, I don't know, month, I just didn't tell anybody that like on the team. And I just like kind of wrote it out. I think this was when, you know, we had been talking with Joel about it and I was like, you know what? Like, me going mountain biking on the weekend because it's like round trip commute, two hour ride. Like I'm gone for half a day and that puts then more stress on Sarah. So it's like, if I could ride on a Friday while kids are at daycare, it doesn't take away from that. So if I'm looking to get two rides in, but I can get one of those in, you know, during the week, then it's not like I, I have less guilt because I'm not like, Oh, Saturday and Sunday, half the morning I'm gone and then you figure out what you want to do. So like, that's been how I, I just kind of played it. And so it started off as like, I had, I took all Fridays off and I still take many Fridays off. Um, the very minimum since 2020, like at least half days, Fridays. Um, and more specifically, almost never calls, you know, now we have this, we record on Fridays, but like the sales team does their huddle without me on Fridays. Like we've been like, they've been alternating to kind of maybe see who can be the leader of that. Um, and like, I'll use this t Friday if I need to and want to, I have the morning to capitalize on some creative stuff. And then I can shoot out by noon and go mountain biking, still be back in time to pick the kids up and you know, whatever. So like, that's kind of how I've been playing it. So like for my, as my, we talked about hobbies, mountain biking is like the one that like, if, I could only pick one thing that I could do twice a week. It would 100% be that, you know, we have some snow right now, so I can't. Um, so like on a day like today, it's like, oh, well, like I'll do other stuff and I'll still leave and I'll get like a one hour workout in and I'll at least be like the health check on, on today. Um, that's the thing I care most about. Like I like working out, um, but I mean, I really try to do like two weight workouts a week and like on a day where it's snowing and I can't be on my bike, I'll try to throw in like a 30, maybe if I'm lucky, a 60 minute Peloton ride. Um, but I get really bored. On I don't the even Peloton. touch those. My filter on Peloton is 30 minutes or less. I don't, I've never looked at the classes that are longer they, than 30 minutes. Cause they, I just, I don't know what that's I don't about. even think they, they make a class that I think the shortest is 10 bro. So you're just, you're just quitting every time. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm like 10, 10 to 25. That's my sweet spot. Anything more than that. I don't even, I don't want to be a part yeah. of it. It's just not so, I mean, I do that. Like those are like, when I think of hobbies and downtime, it's like, I'm fighting just because of the kid's age. Like I'm, I'm, if I could get those, I'm chilling. So like, 
outside of that, like me and Sarah will will watch, try to watch a show together, which she loves to do. I really struggle. I struggle with sitting still. So like if you ever were to watch a movie with me and or obviously watch me have like watch a movie with my family halfway through the movie, if I'm into it, I'm standing, like I'm watching standing up. I'm like pacing. I'm like changing where I'm sitting, how I'm sitting. I just can't freaking, I've never been able to sit still. So it's like, she's like, let's watch a show in bed. And I'm like, that sounds like torture, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause I'm, cause I can't like get out of bed and walk around. But Ted Lasso has changed the game for us when it comes to TV shows. And just as of recent succession, I don't know if you've been watching that. Um, but man, that show is fire and I'm into it. And I, I, I semi, I semi hate to admit it. I've heard really good things about both. Uh, I'm not so actively good. watching anything right now uh, and trying really hard not to get into a show, which maybe we can talk about, but yeah. you know, I, I think it's the, the I do the it for thing. the relationship. Yeah, no, 100%. I hear you. We're so we're trying to we're trying to get away one weekend per month without the kids. That's kind of our relationship goal, which with COVID has been challenging because here in Ontario, at least at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of another lockdown. So we actually it's it's hard to drop the kids off at their grandparents. Um, but otherwise, that's that's what we're trying to do is get away for one weekend, even if it means we're we live in the suburbs of Toronto. So even if it means do you do date um, night. Try to. Yeah. But that's yeah, a bi-weekly thing. Not, yeah, we're not very good. At, yeah, we're not very good either. We try to go away, get away for a weekend a month, even if that means going to Toronto for the weekend. Um, but certainly when travel becomes easier, like for us right now, traveling to the U.S. is hard because we got to get you know, PCR tests on the way back and all kinds of complications. But uh, the hope is to travel more. But I think, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the big shift for me. It, it, it's been a, a process of understanding that my my most valuable uh, output for the business is ideas. That's the thing that I can contribute uh, the most to, right? It's my, 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 my contribution is no longer tied to hours, time spent. It's tied to the quality of my ideas, whether that be a marketing campaign or a marketing asset or uh, an idea for the sales team or uh, product, whatever, like across the board, right? My ideas are ultimately where I have the most impact on the business. And when you think about how to produce quality ideas, I mean, read any book on the subject and none of them will say work more. They'll say yeah. the opposite, right? <laughs> 100%. Work less, have more on your, have less on your calendar, have less commitments, have less pressure to do things and more time to just think whether that's actively solving a problem and that's important or completely disengaging going for a mountain bike ride or going to the gym and letting your subconscious do the work. And I think that's, that's the big thing for me that I'm trying to learn and remind myself of is, you know, um, and there, there, like there's other baggage here too, right? Like my dad is the hardest working guy I know, you know, like he's mm -hmm. 80 years old, still works full time, civil servant. Uh, and you know, puts in a good 40 to 45 hours a week. And when I was young, yeah. he was working all the time. Like he was, when he was my age, he was always working and he's like really, really good and successful in his, in his career. Right. And so like that to me is like, he's the epitome of hard work and I'm going the opposite way. <laughs> like do your I'm parents, uh, this, this is probably a whole nother episode, but like, do your parents have any understanding really of what you do? 
No, my my dad tells people that I work in IT. <laughs> That's literally what he tells people. He goes, oh, he works in like technology or something. I'm like, my wife, not. every time I meet one of my, my wife's uh, like coworkers or whatever, like they're like, oh, so I hear you insert something and it's literally different every single time. Yeah. So he's yeah, a coach. Totally. He has a consulting business. He's got an e-learning company. He's got an agency. He's got a... So for me, that's, so, that's been the thing, honestly, is just getting my head around that. So back to the guilt piece, is this where some of the guilt comes in? Because like, for example, um, like, okay, so I, like you mentioned, the, you know, go out on a mountain bike, like you have ideas. Um, in that sort of environment, for me, I, uh, yeah, I think I get ideas. Um, my problem is I'm not in an environment because I'm literally riding down a mountain holding onto my handlebars to like, if the idea comes that I usually am able to capture it. And so a lot of times it's more medit like that for me is more meditative because like things come through and I can't really do much with it in that moment. And so oftentimes I feel like some of those good ideas are probably lost um, unless I just truly stop writing, whip out my phone, like put it into notes, which I hardly ever do because I don't, I, I feel like that defeats the purpose of why I'm out there. Um, so then that leads to some of the guilt for me because I could be using that time to be, say, for example, going for a walk, listening to a podcast where I hear something which then sparks the idea in which I'm in an environment where I can capture it. And so I don't, I don't know, like, what's your thought on that? Because I, for me, the ideation comes from oftentimes, at least how I get into flow is like the input. Right. So like it's maybe listening, watching someone's YouTube video or listening to a podcast or reading a book and very quickly idea sparks and I start capturing notes and like forget whatever I was listening to. Now I'm in like expanding this idea on my iPad or whatever. Um, but I then feel guilty that I didn't actually spend the time finishing the thing that I was consuming. Um, and like so then that's where I start to feel some guilt like I I have this free time. I'm supposed to be using it to think. Sometimes I'm out on my bike and I'm thinking, but not. it's not like maybe fueling the business directly as I would like, so I feel guilty. Or I'm doing something where I, I don't know, like I just, I guess I don't follow it through enough or frequently enough where I feel like I'm making progress in the, what I'm supposed to be thinking about arena. I think there's three distinct stages to that process. There's the input time, there's the processing time, and there's the output time. And so when you consume, and I'm similar in this way, although I don't consume a whole lot anymore, which is a whole other topic. But when you consume, you're I'm taking jealous. inputs. I consume a lot. A, well, I don't know that it's a good thing, but yeah. Uh, you're taking in inputs, right? You're listening to a podcast, reading a book. Like for me, most recently, uh, I started listening to Dan Kennedy's new podcast that Russell Brunson launched. And I started listening to, I started with his, Dan Kennedy's interview with Jay Abraham. And like, I was walking through the grocery store and my mind was just exploding. Like my, <laughs> Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham in a room. Um, it's the magnetic marketing okay. podcast that Russell Brunson launched with uh, recordings of uh, magnetic marketing. Oh, magnetic. With Dan Kennedy. Russell Brunson launched yeah. it uh, when he bought all of Dan Kennedy's material and then yeah, started packaging it. So it's, it's, it's old It's called stuff, Dan Kennedy's stuff. magnetic marketing podcast. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So I think there's input time, podcasts, books, etc. 
Then there's processing time, and that's subconscious. So good book recommendation here. Um, Tinker, dabble, doodle, try. The Power of the Unfocused Mind. That's the name of the book. Tinker, dabble, doodle, try. The Power of the Unfocused Mind. Written by a Harvard psychologist. The entire book is about what happens when you are unfocused and not directly solving a problem, what that does to your brain. Mm. Um, and the, the basic premise is that like the subconscious mind is working on stuff that you have no idea it's working on. Mm. So when you're on your mountain bike, yeah, some ideas emerge to you. That's processing time. That's your brain just like, like processing the inputs you've given it. And some of that stuff right. comes to your conscious attention. Most of it doesn't, but it's still doing its work. And then you have output time where you actually come back to your desk and your computer and then you take all that stuff that you processed while mountain biking, while washing the dishes, while taking care of the kids, et cetera. And you actually, yeah, see, I feel like, I feel like at least on the, the example of mountain biking. Um, so maybe that's part of it is that oftentimes when I'm coming back from that activity, I go right into the family thing. Like there is no gap where it's like, oh yeah, like that idea, like there's, that doesn't exist. I guess maybe it could in the car ride home, I could do like voice notes um, which could capitalize on that. But yeah, like that's something I haven't been doing. It's like, Oh, like I'll just throw on the next podcast and listen while I'm on my way home. And then it's like, I think that's where maybe that's where it is. Cause like I'll get home and I'll be like, Oh, all these ideas are flowing. And it's like, Oh wait, I gotta be dad right now. I can't apply or take action on capture any of that stuff or else I'll feel guilty because I'll have just gotten home and like now I need to be in dad mode. Yeah, and that's a, that's the challenge with ideas, right? Is they tend to come to you at the most inconvenient times, like not when you're on your computer with nothing to do, staring at an empty Google Doc, right? They come to you when they come to you. So, yeah, I think like getting into a, a process of being able to capture those things when they happen, but then also not forcing it, right? I'll give you yesterday's example. Yesterday, I had three hours blocked in the calendar to work on a new VSL, right? For those who are listening who don't know what that is, video sales letter, it's a marketing asset. Guess what I did instead? I watched What's reruns of Seinfeld on Netflix. Oh, there you go. You said you don't watch hours. shows. Um, I'm rewatching Seinfeld because, uh, A, I love it, and B, it's easy to not binge because I've seen them all multiple times, right? So, like, <laughs> I'm not missing anything. Yeah. Uh, and because it just wasn't flowing. Like, I wasn't feeling the VSL. I didn't have any, like, you know, nothing was really coming to me. And instead of, like, trying to force something on the paper that was going to be subpar. I just went and did something else, knowing that my subconscious mind is doing some work on the background. And when I come back to it, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be more ready and more prepared. I mean, if you're in the idea business, which I I believe I am, I think that's a big part of the game is knowing when, when to, when to get down to work and when to not force it. Mm. It's hard. It's, I think that's like, that takes definitely some discipline. Yes, sir. What's your best advice to somebody who is uh, an entrepreneur, CEO, founder, and is getting to the point where they don't need to be doing all the things anymore and is struggling to take some time to themselves and develop some hobbies? I mean, I think the first thing is um, like to figure out what the hobby is that you want to be doing um, and then like add some constraints that like make that happen you know like obviously it's hard when you have like if you've ever read the book willpower doesn't work you know he talks about forcing forcing functions right like we 
we fell into the Friday off thing because of COVID and daycare being closed. But once that constraint was no longer there, I forced it upon the situation to keep it. Um, and so that like, you need to do things like that, you know? And I think, I think having a hobby that is not directly tied to your business. Um, people are like, Oh, like my hobby is reading. And then like, I read business books, like bullshit. I don't think that's like a fair hobby. Like this needs to be not directly the business activity. Um, so finding something like that for yourself and then what are, whatever the forcing functions are. Um, one of the things that I did, uh, that kind of, I guess I didn't know that I was doing this for this reason, but definitely benefited, um, for years and years. This was 2019. Um, I was just always like, Oh, I hate running. I'm not a runner. Running sucks. And someone challenged me to do a half marathon and I was like, all right, like I'll do it. And so signed up for a 12 week program and followed the routine and, you know, it had you running, you know, five, seven, eight miles, at, like as you build up, et cetera. And like, I had to do that after I dropped the kids off from daycare. And so like twice, three times a week, like once one week, one weekend morning, and then twice during the week after I dropped the kids off, like basically eight 30 to nine 30 to 10, like depending upon how long the run was, like I was running. And that's where I did a lot of the consuming of podcasts. But like, that's a, an example of a forcing function. Follow a 12 week routine with an end goal of run this half marathon by this date. Like that was like, it was the structure that I needed in order to do the thing that forced me to have the hobby and be disconnected from work. So like I got back in the mountain bike and like I told you those two days, well, this season, while I'm not like, not looking to be super competitive again, um, I rejoined the mountain bike team that I used to race for because it's more of like a club now. And by requirement, um, they forced me to go force me. It's going to be awesome. But like training camp in Fruta, Colorado, which is like the Moab of Colorado for four days of riding. Then there's a team ride Wednesday evenings, which I'll try to do like one a month. And then uh, I have to compete in two races throughout the entire year. And so I want to do a couple races and like, I'll need to be in somewhat decent shape because I'll want to do okay. And so that will require me to have some consistency to riding because there's a, like a target of, Oh, I like, I have this race on this day. And so that's kind of like a, another forcing function for me that I think would help someone. So whatever that is for you, if you want to commit to a challenge that is, you know, spans the course of a quarter, you know, 12 weeks, I think is a really good time frame for like some sort of fitness goal. If that's your thing. Um, I had a buddy who was doing this along with me and he like wanted to learn how to box. And so he set a target that he joined a boxing gym and he had to spar like a real spar by the end of the 12 weeks, like real legit, like kind of like a fight against someone at the end of the 90 days. So he was like prepping for this legit match where he was going to get punched in the face. And like that gave him the routine that again, kind of forced the function of this. So that's, that's my advice. Um, I don't know. What's your advice? It's funny because I boxed for two years and my goal was the opposite. My goal is to never spar. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here to get into shape. I don't want to get punched in the face. No, I think the big thing there is is desire. Uh, it's It was easier for you to get back into mountain biking because you had desire for it. You enjoyed it, right? So it didn't feel like a chore. Yeah. You probably minimize any feelings of guilt uh, in the process because you you enjoyed it. So I think if you're listening... 
you know, find something that you genuinely enjoy doing, have desire for, make time for that, force it into your calendar, create those constraints. Like for me right now, and actually there's a lesson in this too. You know, my kids play hockey. I love hockey. I grew up playing hockey, right? And of course I can raise my kids to be just like me or better than me, right? That's obviously the goal of parenting, right? Is to, <laughs> is to live vicariously through your children. So, but we have shared interests now, which is cool, right? And my kid's yeah. a little bit older too, right? Yeah. So you'll see this as, as your, you know, your, your kids grow up and start mountain biking and, and the like, right? Now we have shared interests. So for me, like taking an afternoon, I should be going to do it today to go out to the rink and play hockey. That's a lot of fun. I get time with the kids. I enjoy it, right? It's easier to do. So I think that's probably the big secret here is find the thing that you love to do. Find the thing that you have desire for, and then it, it becomes easier to do this. Yeah. Uh, for me with the mountain biking, I don't know if this is like as far with you as the hockey, but it's, I'm getting back into skiing again. Like I used to ski a bunch and now my son, like I want to get him out on skis. So like I got out there a couple more times this season already by this time than I did last year. And it's like, I'm like, man, like I've actually never taken a lesson. And so like, like I watched YouTube videos on proper ski form. I, I consume content around my hobby. Like I study for how I study about business. And that was a key piece for me that like, oh, like this is sustainable because I'm, I'm looking at areas that I can personally improve because, you know, I think, you know, and I don't know if this is good or healthy or not, but like it has forced me to keep going with it because I see areas for improvement. Like I see things that I need to fix in my business. So I go research that and then I go implement. It's like, oh wow. Like I'm weak in this area of writing. Like, let me go consume tactics and strategies, you know, how do people do this and then practice it. And so like, I'm, every time I go out and ride for the most part, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to like pay attention to how I do, you know, this technical section of the trail that I normally stink at. Like maybe I'll take a couple reps through that and like, you know, just lap it a few times just to practice. And like that, curiosity and like intent of I want to improve at this thing also or this area has I think in a healthy way made me not consume business content all the time so like I genuinely like when I you know again not that I want to be on the phone all the time but like you know put the kids to bed and like me and the wife are hanging out and she's like you know checking her whatever content normally she'd be like oh you're like listening to entrepreneurial stuff, but she's like, Oh, like you're like watching this mountain bike video. Like that's like, it's, she know like just in her own mind for whatever reason, that's better that I'm not thinking about business. Not that it's like healthy that I'm consuming more content, but like, I don't know. And her, she's like, it, it makes her not think that I'm always working and like that I have other things that I'm interested in, which obviously is true. So I don't know if you can find something that I think you're, you enjoy the desire, but like, also can you're interested in finding ways to improve that you can bring the skills and habits that you've developed as an entrepreneur to that hobby i think you'll force yourself into some further balance for the lack of a better word uh doing things that are not work related and there's a ton there's tons of meta business lessons to learn from all of this right like what you're what you're getting now when it comes to like re-engaging with skiing for example is the realization that you know, you're not going to be good at something right away, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Like there's technique, there's skill, right? True. Uh, trying to teach, trying to teach a almost five-year-old to go down the hill for the first time. That's a test of patience. 
<laughs> and when you remind them that, hey, it's okay, you're going to fall, that's okay, you get back up, you try again with practice, you get better. I mean, those are all like, when I'm talking to my kids, I'm basically talking to myself, right? Oh, <laughs> But totally, I think anytime you try totally. to master a skill or, or get into something like mountain biking or skiing or whatever it may be, boxing, right? Um, mm. I mean, for me, it's like when it's hard, it just, it just strengthens my resolve in business. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be hard when you're doing something new, you know, and in business, we're always doing new things, right? Whether it's learning a new scale or, you know, building a new team or, you know, dealing with new uncertainty or risk in the market, you know, it's meant to be hard. And if it wasn't hard, everybody would be doing it. Not everyone's going to be a mountain biker like Greg or a pro skier or a great kickboxer or an entrepreneur. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. And I mean, if you obviously plan to have kids or have kids, you'll know that you're going to have a forcing function of you're going to have to find time to disconnect and do things or else you'll probably be a shitty parent, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, plenty of people don't take let, that path, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, plenty. But I think, you know, to that point, when you choose to become a parent, right. And, uh, you know, depending upon how involved you want to be as a parent, um, now it's business, family, your core, you know, relationship with your spouse. And often the hobby is the thing that gets neglected, which is like, kind of like the, you, you know, your time. And so even if you can find one of them, I think, especially if you have kids, like it is going to help kind of recalibrate you in a lot of good ways that will be good for all of the other relationships and things that you have, you know, that you allocate your time to. So, uh, you know, raising your kids, well, I wouldn't put it as a hobby, uh, and means that there is no downtime. It is, I guess, off time from work. Um, and so make sure that you have actual hobbies and downtime that aren't just, Oh, I'm doing family things because I think you'll miss out on your own personal growth opportunities. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. It's people might, might think I oh, just, oh, I'm spending time with family. That's my downtime. Good. <laughs> But especially for kids who are young, you know, that's, that's challenging. That's work. Yeah, it's that's... also a lot of work. Like it is like you're, you could be exhausted after that. Like, I mean, and so sometimes in a good way and sometimes obviously in a bad way that if you don't have those hobbies or interests to kind of like release and just kind of get back to you, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's not, uh, you know, it's the, it's not healthy. It's the good, it's the example of, you know, the classic put your mask on first, right? So if you're not doing that, like how, how good are you going to be for them at the end of the day? Yeah. hundred percent. Good advice, man. All right. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.